this one, is it on up there? You get, you're getting it? Anything? This? One, two, three. Okay. All right. Study on uh, Christology. We were talking about the humanity of Christ. And uh, last time we deal, dealt with uh, the genealogies two weeks ago. And, um, of course, um, the whole, the, the larger outline point about the humanity of Christ uh, here was the humanity of Jesus Christ as by uh, as seen in his human parentage. And that's what we had dealt with up until now. We went through the genealogies here. And secondly, it's by his natural growth and development. If you'll turn to Luke chapter 2, Luke chapter 2. And again, you know, when you read and study the scriptures and when you read about Christ, which is why this is such a good study, because... Keeping things in perspective as we do, you know, reading in the context of scriptures, the context of the scene, the, uh, the, the, uh, the context of who it's written to, the context of who's speaking and who's being spoken to uh, in our studies. If we can't keep perspective that way, but then another thing too is we see as we look at Christ we see he, that he is 100% human and 100% God. And we'll see this in our study. And we're looking at the humanity side. And we see, and I ask, uh, well, we'll get here right here. I'll, I'll get to that in a minute. But let's look at Luke chapter 2. Matthew, Mark, Luke. <laughs> you know, I'm talking and not turning. All right, Luke. Luke 2 and verse number 40. Uh, and the child grew and waxed strong in spirit, filled with wisdom and grace, and the grace of God was upon him. All right, verse number uh, 46. And it came to pass, after three days they found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of the doctors, both hearing them, and asking them questions. Verse 52. And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. Jesus' humanity passed through the various stages of growth like any other member of the race. From infancy to youth, from youth to manhood, there was a steady increase both in his bodily powers and mental faculties. Just to what extent his sinless nature influenced his growth, we may not be able to say. It seems clear, however, from the scriptures that we are to attribute Jesus' growth and and development to the observance of the laws of nature, to the training he received in a godly home. It is also attributed to the instructions given at the temple from his own personal study of the scriptures and from his fellowship and communion with his Father. Both The human and the divine element entered into his training and development, which were as real in in, in the experience of Jesus as in that of any other human being. You know, as I was reading that paragraph uh, in preparation for tonight, and I did ask Jennifer tonight as uh, Kylie was zipping up the hall how old Kylie was, and she said she was eight. How old is Roman? Nine. Nine. So she's eight and Roman's nine. You know, and as, as we see Christ in his, 
in his infancy earlier in this chapter, and then here we see that he's in the temple, and if we had read the, the whole story there, uh, they had gone up to worship, they, they lost track of Jesus, thinking he was with some of the other in their party, and when they got to looking around, he was nowhere to be found, he was back in Jerusalem, he was in the temple, and both asking questions, but he was also given, given, you know, uh, given some direction as well. Uh, both hearing them and asking them questions, and so uh, and so and 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 all that heard him were astonished at his understanding and answers. So he had some wisdom, and he was approximately twelve years old. It might have said he's twelve years old at this time. But when I was reading that and considering this, you know, I got to thinking about this when when we read over in Hebrews where you know that he is has been touched with the feeling of our infirmities. And I've often said in reference, he understands that we have to pay our taxes. You know, when we're fretting, of course, you know, April the 18th is coming gone, thank the Lord. But, uh, and thank the Lord I had it, and a lot less this year than I had to pay last year. But anyway, but um, he, he, when you know, we fret over coming up and writing that check and sending it off to Uncle Sam, he had to pay his taxes. And when, when Peter come a-fretting, Lord, what are we going to do? He said, go fishing. <laughs> cast the hook, catch the, and the first fish that you catch, look in its mouth. And then pull out what you find and go pay both of our taxes. And that's what he did. He understood that. But as I was reading this, that he actually developed like we all did. You know, an eight-year-old and a nine-year-old's infirmities are not what a 55-year-old's infirmities are. They're not what an 89, right? 89-year-old's infirmities are. You know, they fret and they have worries. I mean, storms come up, the thunder rolls. You know, they run to mom and dad's bedroom. (laughs) They, They have their own, for lack of better words, worries, concerns. But they... If they were children of God, they even not. I mean, if, even in the in the space of grace before um, the age of accountability, can go and and we as parents can teach them. It's like I said. Look, when we had a need, we'd bring the family in. That's what I preached on Sunday. For those who wasn't here, we had a need. We brought the family in and we shared in the need. But when God answered the answer that prayer because they helped us pray, then we were we were very cautious to maybe and to include them in the the praise and include them in the fact that God did answer our prayer. And so when when we're bringing up our children and we and our grandchildren are over and they've got these concerns, you know, it could be that they found a little robin out of the nest and they're concerned about it. You know, and they, what do I do, Dad? What do I do, Mom? What do I do, Grandma Grandma? Well, let's talk to the Lord about it. Because guess what? Our Lord Jesus Christ was in a body, an eight-year-old body just like Kylie, was in a nine-year-old body just like Roman, and understands the concerns that an eight- and nine-year-old has. Just like he does a 55-year-old, even though he went on before that. But he, he understands our concerns, regardless of the age, because he physically was these ages growing up. 
And so what a blessing that that is. And it just kind of like I said, it just popped off that, you know, the page that we can instruct our children in that, that, hey, Jesus understands because he does. He was your age once. And uh, we can instruct them in that way. Here's the doctrinal statement concerning this. Jesus Christ was subject to the ordinary laws of human development and gradual growth in wisdom and stature. Now, but at the same time, and we'll see this on the flip side of it, as a 12-year-old boy, when they, when they sought him, in verse number 48, when they saw him, they were amazed, and his mother said unto him, Son, why hast thou dealt, thus dealt with us? Behold, thy father and I have sought thee sorrowing. And his answer to his mama was, and he said unto them, How is it that ye sought me? Wist ye not that I must be about my father? Notice the father in 48 is lowercase, and the father in 49 is uppercase. Know ye not that I must be about my father's business? So he had a consciousness. At the same time he was a 12-year-old boy, human, he had a consciousness about him that he was God's son. Again, it's hard to kind of, for us to understand all that, but it is, it is presented to us in the Scriptures just exactly like that. All right, so... By, so we've seen his, uh, per, uh, his uh, humanity by his parentage, his humanity by his natural growth and development, and we see Christ in his humanity by his personal appearance, his personal appearance. John chapter 4. John chapter 4 and verse 9. This is the woman at the well. Verse number 9, Then saith the woman of Samaria unto him, How is it that thou, being a Jew, askest drink of me, which am a woman of Samaria? For the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. Um, the personal appearance of Jesus is not made a matter of particular mention in Scripture. There are a few allusions to it. Evidently, the person of the earthly Jesus is not to be the subject of contemplation or pictures. That's why when we come in here between the last congregation and our congregation, we purged some pictures. Because that ain't Jesus. And we purged the stained glass. You want to get rid of Jesus? <laughs> yeah, that one we are. So, Mr. Patterson, whoever Mr. Patterson is, I have to look in the bibliography. We have this, however, about him. He hath no form nor comeliness, and when we see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. Another, another description his visage was so marred more than any man, and his form more than the sons of men. The conventional pictures are probably very far from the, his actual appearance. They are all Grecian, and Jesus was a Jew. The woman of Samaria evidently recognized, this is Mr. Evans, the woman of Samaria evidently recognized Jesus as a Jew by his features or speech. 
To her, he was just an ordinary Jew, or at least to begin with. There is no biblical warrant for surrounding the head of Christ with a halo, as the, as the artists do. His pure life, no doubt, gave him a distinguished look, just as good character similarly distinguishes men today. Of course, we know nothing definite as to the appearance of Jesus, for no picture or photograph of him do we possess. We're going to look at more scripture here, but here is the doctrinal statement. Jesus Christ had the appearance of a man and was occasionally mistaken for other men. All right, so let's run some other references here. See further, John 21. It's talking about, and I, I read Isaiah there about that he, you know, he was um, not comely to look upon. But I also read in Revelation, how do you... He's got red eyes and white hair. Amen. But, uh, but uh, here on this earth, let's see, John 21, verse 4 and 5. But when the morning was now come, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples knew not that it was Jesus. Then Jesus saith unto them, Children, have you any meat? They answered him, No. So again, when, when we got to the doctrinal statement that it said, and occasionally was mistaken as another man, from the distance from the shore, it just looked like another man. They couldn't tell that it was Jesus necessarily. And then finally, <laughs> when he said, cast your nail on the other side, somebody said, you know, John, therefore the disciple whom Jesus loved said, Peter, it is the Lord. <laughs> But just to look initially, it looked like a man on the beach. They didn't, they couldn't tell necessarily any like distinct, not like the king Saul, who was head and shoulders above the rest of them. So that was a distinguishment that you knew where King Saul was in a crowd because he was head and shoulders above all the rest of them. Jesus was not that way. Uh, see further, Mark chapter 7. Mark 7, 